Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. That's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. You can read his latest piece up at allchgo.com about what right field looks like and if Dominic Fletcher, if it's his, if it's his job to lose or not. Uh, the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We're being produced today by Sarah. Hello. Hello. Uh, and uh, we're joined by you in the chat. Uh, make sure you're throwing a comment. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribing to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. We got people in Vegas right now. Greg Braggs is talking to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so we got all types of coverage uh, coming from the West Loop of Chicago and I guess Vegas for the rest of the week. You saw the big Blackhawks uh, Row, Blackhawks yeah. news too on Thursday. Right. Corey Crawford, baby. Pro, absolutely. Uh, so Corey Crawford's Biggest be bunch joining. of beauties in the league. <laughs> going to be joining uh, Jay, Greg, and Mario on Thursday at, I think, 2 2.30. Yeah, 2.30 is when their show is. Uh, so make sure, you know, checking out CHGO Sports. We got you covered if you're a Hawks, Sox, Bears, Cubs, etc. We even had a Sky uh, uh, broadcast pod. today. Yeah, yeah. because Cock Cup or got uh, traded to the Phoenix Mercury. You got any thoughts? Uh, I'm sad. I'm very sad that Kalia Copper is now a, the, on the hated Phoenix Mercury, and I uh, they got some picks back. I mean, the third pick overall next year's draft, where they didn't have a first round pick, that's a good thing. But it's going to be not very watchable uh, basketball, as you've seen the championship form that they had a couple years ago. That team is pretty much all gone, except for uh, the Shields is coming back. Diamond you, Diamond Shields is coming back this year. You hate the Phoenix Mer- Mercury? Who doesn't? I mean, all right. Dianas Ross is one of the greatest players in our history, but she's dirty. So is Sophia Cunningham. I'm not a fan of that team. Tell him, Herb. Uh, Connor also wants you to tell him uh, to never let people forget about Frank's 12 homers in 2005. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Connor. Don't flame that year. Uh, and make sure that you're uh, you know putting respect on uh, Frank's name. Uh, I can't read all the chat right now, uh, but let's uh, talk a little bit because uh, Baseball Prospectus put out uh, their Percota projections, um, and that is basically you know all those nerds, all those number freaks. It's not even nerds. Uh, it's just a computer. That's true. It's uh, a robot. Isn't a computer like the true nerd? though like the no it's a robot they have no emotion yeah nerds have emotion yeah 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 okay um so this this computer uh simulated the seasons thousands and thousands of times and got the average uh result of all major league uh results uh, of all 162 uh, and gave you a projected standings uh, last year they thought the White Sox would do all right they thought the White Sox would you know projected around 76 and a half wins obviously they won a lot less than that um, but this year a little bit of a different you know vibe in the AL Central Pakota their projections have the White Sox making the playoffs and this is direct from baseballperspectus.com slash standings 0.0% of the time in 2024. It's hard to do. <laughs> They're just not going to do it at all. No, I mean, it's hard to run that many simulations, supposedly. How many simulations did they run? Thousands. But Because yeah. in reality, there's no way that they have an actual 0% chance. Exactly. That's why they play the games. <laughs> and in this division specifically, where no one's running away and hiding... I don't understand that calculation. Even if you want to say the White Sox have a 0.1%, that is 
something to have no percentage of chance to win the division and get into the playoffs in the AL Central seems a little far-fetched. They need to go and calculate that a little bit more. 1,000. 1,000 times wasn't good enough for you, Herb? Let's do a Zero out of 1,000. Zero out of 1,000, <laughs> I guess, is so, the right way to put it. All these guys have one of their best seasons. They're all healthy. Zero percent. Their best chance, their percentage chance to win the division, zero. Their percentage chance to win the wild card, zero. I I can't be more clear. They have zero percent <laughs> chance to make the playoffs. I I again I think that I think it's wrong. Like the best scenario I saw was them winning I think it was eighty seven games. And that would definitely win the AL Central. They have Minnesota in this simulation winning eighty eight and that would win the that would win the the division. I, I think Didn't Minnesota I think get that worse was, this offseason? Well, so did the AL Central. I mean, yeah. they didn't get that much better. I mean, no more Polanco, no more Sonny Gray, no more Kenta Maeda, or, um, yeah, Kenta Maeda. Yeah. He's in Detroit. Like, where'd they get better at? I, I'm, I'm not getting it. I get that those teams are definitely better than the White Sox, and we'll talk about the Royals a little bit later. I think they're better, and I think the White Sox are in the basement of the AL Central. But to say 0%, I just got to disagree with the 1,000 times that they went through that. And, like, who are, what are they putting into those uh, equations? Last year's White Sox stats with only Luis Robert going off? I guess so. I don't think they've uh – if we go through the thousand projections, if we go through all the data and code of the computer, I don't think they would have the Banny effect uh, ratcheted up. Exactly. Right? I don't think they, they put in that Banny effect. So, you know, I think that 68.2 wins is probably a lot nicer of a number. I think it's probably 0.3% chance they make the playoffs. Only them, the Nationals, and the Colorado Rockies have a 0% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, Kansas City, 009 or 0.9% uh, percent chance to make the playoffs. So, I mean, there are some teams that seem hopeless, just like the White Sox. I mean, the Royals seem hopeless, even though we'll talk about this a little bit later on. They got some hope in Bobby Witt Jr. Um, but, you know, fun times in the South Side. Yeah, I think that those Nationals and A's projections, or Rockies projections, make sense because they are in tougher divisions with people who are established, who are pretty great. I mean, the Rockies are not going to win because they're going to have – four teams that are much, much better than them. And same thing with the Nationals, where three of the teams in that division are going to be much, much better, and I don't know what the Mets are going to do. But the White Sox, I don't see no one running and hiding. And 68 wins, while I don't think the White Sox are going to win a lot of games, I think they're over that. I think they're slightly better than that team that they're projecting them to be. Hey, feel free to uh, take the over uh, 63 and a half. Uh, oh, 63 and a half? Yeah. I'm hitting the button already. There, there I've already hit it. Uh, well, 63 and a half? I think that the biggest thing to come out of this little discussion was that uh, Sean described Pakoda's projections last year as projecting the White Sox to do all right at 76 <laughs> wins. That's still below 500. Right, but like, Pakoda's weird. Like, Yeah, don't they never predict anyone to be good? Yeah. Um, like, Seattle has a 43.5% chance to make the playoffs, but they're closer to 500 than they are above 500. They're projected to be 84.8 and 77. So, like, I mean, they have a 50% chance to make the playoffs, but they're only having, you know, 84 wins. Let's go to the other extreme. So, who's the most likely to make the playoffs? The Dodgers? Yes. 
with like an well, 89% chance to win. Make the Dodgers. And by, per- this, by this math, it should be the Twins, it sounds like. Do- yes, the best team of all time. <laughs> so the Houston has a 93.7% chance. New York has a 92.1% chance to make the playoffs. Minnesota, 761 Uh So Minnesota's not running away with it. Uh, Atlanta and L.A. are tied, 99.8% chance to make the playoffs. Dodgers projected to win 101 games. Atlanta, 107 So... Um, no real difference. There. It's the framing too. Like you're talking, you're descri- the way you're framing these percentages are like a prediction is being made, where it's the results of the simulation. In 99 percent right. of the simulations they ran, the Dodgers made the playoffs. The point is that the data that's being loaded into the computer is all going to change once the actual season begins. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, and I'm trying to find the 2023 ones to be like, well, see, they projected this team to have zero percent chance, but you know, they still, but I can't find it. So, uh, anyways, uh, a team might have been projected to, you know, have zero percent chance to make the playoffs before and have made the playoffs. I'm sure that's been the case. I just can't provide that information to you right now. Uh, we will talk about the information that happened on Thursday. Uh, you guys chatted a little bit about it. Um, Bob Kendrick was on, so you guys focused mainly on chatting with Bob Kendrick. Uh, but Corbin Burns was also traded to the Orioles. You wore your Orioles orange for the, the show. Um, D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz going to Milwaukee. Corbin Burns uh, going to Baltimore. What do we make of the trade, first of all? Obviously, we've had some time to sit with it. Kind of surprised. I was not expecting a Corbin Burns trade to, to happen. I was not expecting a Dylan Cease trade to happen. I was just expecting my Thursday to end like most Thursdays end. Uh, but here we are with a blockbuster trade. Um, and I'm still kind of shocked that a deal got done in February. I don't know. It, it seems a weird time for something to get done. I think we came to the realization or at least the uh, thought that this deal had to be already in the works and they need some certainty of who was going to be the owner of the Orioles because how quick it turned from, okay, these guys are going to be the owners of the Orioles to like two days later, this trade goes down. That's what told me that, you know, this was already in the works. And the fact that, they're sent Joe Ortiz and DL Hall and a comp pick for a player with one year left. I thought if you're gonna get Corbin Burns, you would have to send much more than the what sixth and fifteenth. Well, DL Hall is now graduated from being a prospect because he's been in the league, but a good pitcher and a solid middle infielder in uh, Joey Ortiz. I thought they should got more. And so I was very disappointed with the Brewers' return, but I understand why they did it. But I think you could have got the same deal or better if you just held under Corbin Burns until the trade deadline. If they're not offering you something that's close to what you want, I guess you just hold on to them. But the Brewers people are just like, all right, hands up. Here you go. We'll take what is uh, given to us. But some people actually like the deal that the Brewers got back because they see as Joey Ortiz a long-term solution there for their middle infield, especially if they trade their other middle infielder. Corbin Burns is really, really good. And so, I mean, I think, you know, the Orioles got a really, really good pitcher. Uh, They gave up a guy who's supposed to be an excellent defender in Ortiz, uh, was a, what, top 65 prospect, I think, on the most recent list. So, um, you know, nothing to sneeze at there for the Brewers, but uh, man, is Corbin Burns good. And to to kind of set the market like that, obviously we're talking about this because of the impact that it might have on a Dylan Cease trade, or at least maybe what we can think about in terms of a potential Dylan Cease trade. It, it 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 seems to me like 
if the White Sox got that deal for Dylan Cease, even if Dylan Cease only had one year of control left, oh, yeah. that White Sox fans would not have been happy. And I think that the Brewers are obviously in a different spot. They have kind of been the rays of the National League for a while now. They're a team that really kind of knows what to do with or figures out how to uh, make things work with their payroll situation and the the prospects that they do have coming up through their system on a regular basis. Um, So go ahead and think that they'll probably do well with what they got there. It's a safe assumption to make. The White Sox are maybe in a little bit of a different spot where they're really kind of shrinking everything down to go all the way back up uh, and maybe need some bigger cornerstones in order to to build around. I don't think the White Sox probably could have made a trade getting that return package and felt good about saying, all right, our future is so bright now because of that move. Also, maybe the Brewers have, you know, a little bit more opportunity to work with. Uh, You know, the White Sox, we've talked about it. This might be the one time that Chris Getz can really infuse the organization with that talent by making a, a big kind of trade. The Brewers maybe have a different outlook on where they are at the moment uh so i think the white Sox probably would not have been super well served had that been the return package nothing against joey ortiz who sounds like a a, a very good defensive shortstop but um i think uh, the white Sox are probably looking for bigger things and i think the idea is that they might be able to get those bigger things once the desperation kind of jacks up around the trade deadline right again like joey ortiz clocked in at 63 on mlb's top prospects Uh, i think they also had five prospects in the top 30 so you know not the not the biggest fish uh in in the orioles uh prospect there ortiz would have been a fine player but again especially with burns only having one year and costing i think double what cease cost right now i think he's near 15 or 16 million dollars um like it just it just made no sense if the white Sox, as bob nightingale reported orioles offered the same package for dylan cease that uh they offered for corbin burns plus one player um even if it was plus one player I'd be pretty pissed right now at Chris Getz. And I feel like he would have really soured his opportunity to make the most of this one chance in Dylan C. So um, if that player is Kowser or Kerstead, you're still pissed? Yeah. Okay. Really? I, I, would been, I, I don't, I don't think top it, 65 prospects. I, I don't think it was. It. I don't think it was. I, I don't think it was either. But if it was, I, that's exactly the framework that uh, I worked out with Connor Newcomb of Locked on Orioles to have the trade. And, you know, but, you, 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 aren't you, you also the same guy that, like, one week we were saying, like, wouldn't you be disappointed if it was just two top uh, 60 prospects? And that's just only two top 60 prospects. No, no, but the, no. And then Hauser you, and Ortiz are like, and and you get the DL Hall, and you get the comp pick too. So I think that is a lot for what uh, Dylan Cease brings to the table, and I think that's a, a right fielder for the future, power hitting right right fielder. Either you got Hauser or Kerstad. Yeah, I would have been really fine with that deal. I don't know. I I, I think the rumors we heard were three um, top prospects. So would you feel that Hall kind of? He reaches that third because he's not really a prospect. Yeah, I don't know what his last year if he like last year if he was a top hundred prospect. I believe he was before he got in the rotation in twenty twenty two or twenty three. 
But, yeah, that's kind of a prospect, and he has starter experience. So, yeah, I would have been in for those type of people bringing back uh, that haul that Dylan Cease would have got us. For Baseball America, pre-2019, D.L. Hall was 54, pre-2020, 47, pre-2021, 59, pre-2022, 52, pre-23, uh, 75, and then obviously isn't on the list as you brought up before. Uh, but in 19 innings last year, 3.26 ERA in the, at the major league level. So, um I, if it was Kowser or Kerstad, I could probably talk myself into it. Um, but again, we're, you know, I'm, you know, we're four days out. Like if we're four days out from the trade, you know, I'm just now reacting to acquiring Kerstad. I, you know, yeah. knee jerk reaction. I love it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the White Sox clearly, again, it's less about the even skill of these pitchers because Burns is the better pitcher. Um, you can Correct. just look at his finishes at Cy Young. Um, you can just see that his control, when he is fully on, his control is elite. And, you know, just Dylan doesn't have that. Um, but what are you really looking for in a pitcher? Like, Corbin Burns, the difference between Corbin Burns and Dylan Cease, like, do you need that to become the World Series champion? Like, you just need a really solid pitcher next to Bradish and Burns and Cease are still top tier pitchers, right? Like, but I, I don't, but there's no doubt that Corbin Burns is an ace. That's a hundred percent, right? Are we in agreement right there that Corbin Burns is an ace. Yes. Dylan Cease, there's a question mark there. He could be an ace. How many it, aces are there though? Very. Is he one of the 30 best pitchers in baseball? There's four. Not third. Who is in a deck? Yeah. Is um, Dylan Cease the one of the thirty best pitchers in baseball? Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, there you go. He'd be. But an ace. I don't. But I don't. <laughs> I don't say you have one ace per team. I think aces should be. This is the elite pitcher, and he's belongs at the top of the top of your rotation. Now, Dylan Cease goes to Baltimore with that staff, except for Corbin Burns. He's at the top of the rotation. But are they feeling better about themselves at? battling the Yankees at battling the Boston Red Sox. Yes, but not as good as they feel for the one year they're getting Corbin Burns. So I think it was a great move by the Baltimore Orioles to get the better pitcher, even though it's only one more year, and not give up a lot. They can still, theoretically, get Dylan C still because they have a bunch of their players left over. And, you know, the price is the price. And if it was only... Ortiz, Hall, and another player, that other player could be added on if it was Kowser or Kerstead, and then sprinkle in one or, more, one or two more of those hundred top 100 players, and I think you can get the deal done. So, yes, I think that they did the right thing by them, and I don't blame Chris Getz for balking and saying, hey, man, I'm just going to hold on to this and uh, see what you guys are doing later on. Yeah, I think it makes sense for both teams. Uh, does this rule out a offseason trade then for Dylan Cease because it did seem like the Orioles were the team to acquire Dylan Cease. I don't I don't really think anyone has the ammo that the Orioles have still even getting rid of Ortiz and Hall. Like I think if there was a favorite to acquire Cease, it is still the Orioles just because of all of the gluttony that they have uh, when it comes to prospects. The Orioles um, can do this again in the offseason. Because they're going to lose. Season? Yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose Burns. They're going to lose Corbin Burns. And they're like, we're just renting pitchers now. And if Dylan Cease pitches like the ace in 2022 showed up, 
then they can say, okay, yeah, we'll do the same similar-ish deal that we did with you. And the price is going to go down for Chris Getz because you lost a full year of controllability. Yeah, they could trade him before the trade deadline. They could. You don't think they will? I think the White Sox are going to do everything they can to get Dylan Cease off of their team and get some assets for his services. Not because they don't like the player, just because they know the player is going to go to free agency. I don't. I, I said this on Friday. I don't really think this changes much of anything for Dylan Cease. And the I, I mean, I think the more important factor or impact, if you want to call it that, were all everything we heard before this trade, which was. The teams think the White Sox asking price is too high. Teams think, uh, you know, that it's, it's maybe better off to to revisit this in the season, that the White Sox are going to hang on to him, that the White Sox aren't going to budge off their asking price. All of that speaks more to what the White Sox are going to do with Dylan Cease than Corbin Burns getting traded to the Orioles. Obviously, the Orioles are less desperate for a top-of-the-rotation pitcher than they were a week ago, but like we've been talking about with the Dodgers say, yeah. what's to prevent the Orioles from going out and trading for Dylan Cease? Certainly it's not bringing on a bunch of money because he only makes $8 million a, uh, $8 million a year, only being relative to baseball, of course. But, you know, we, we talk about it with the Dodgers. Oh, they could go out and add him. Why not? Because he, you know, the, it's not this giant outlay for the payroll that they've made with certain other players. The Orioles still have, as you mentioned, a ton of prospects that the White Sox were probably still interested in a week ago, they probably still have all those guys. So that conversation can go uh, uh, come around again. I think, though, you've got to look at it's not just, and, and, and certainly everybody's been painting this picture because it makes sense, but like it's not like the Orioles are the only team the White Sox can trade them to, nor is it the Orioles are the only team that they can trade them to and get what they need to get. Yes, they're the team that has the most top prospects, so if you're looking for multiple top prospects, it would make sense that you would look in that direction. I'm sure the White Sox would be happy to receive multiple top prospects from the Orioles in a hypothetical trade. But fans have been so focused on Baltimore that they forget that there's 20-something other teams out there that are trying to compete for a playoff spot this year and that might want a top-of-the-rotation pitcher, if not now, by the time July rolls around. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I, you're, you're over there making faces, Sean, like you're talking about, man, if they trade with somebody other than the Orioles, it's going to be a bad move. Like, well, then you're pigeonholing yourself into crossing your fingers and saying, well, hopefully someone on the Orioles gets hurt because it's the only way that the White Sox are going to make this deal. I think the White Sox are going to make the deal that is best for them. The Orioles obviously didn't want to make that trade for Dylan Cease. Some other team, be it between now and July, or the end of July rather, might come along and say, we're going to meet that price. And I think too, Sean, that what I said initially that they were holding on to this deal, I think that plays into the market for Dylan Cease, knowing that they already kind of already had a deal in place with Corbin Burns and the Brewers. They can look at the White Sox deal and say, hey, you guys got to do better than that. We're not offering you that much money. Take, the, take it or leave it. And knowing that they have the Corbin Burns deal, and I'm sure they would want more years and the Dylan Cease certainty of two years instead of the one years of Corbin Burns, even though Corbin Burns is a better pitcher. But they knowing that they already had that deal worked out where it's really not giving up a lot, they could tell the White Sox go scratch. It's like you guys are asking for way too much because we already know the market and the market is these players because we're going to get Corbin Burns right now. Right. I mean, again, the, the, the reason why their value is different is just because of the, the length of control. But, like, do, can they get a top 30 prospect? I don't know if that's going to change. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad move from Getz if they trade, f 
with a team not the Orioles, just to be clear. Um, I just think that that's the team that he would prefer to trade with um, because of their gluttony. And again, it seems like they're not willing to give up a top 30 prospect. And you look at the top 30 prospects that are, you know, at MLB.com, not a lot of teams that have a top 30 prospect are in the trade market, right? Like, you know, Paul Skeens is up there. Uh, Well, Pittsburgh's not that good. Dylan Cruz is up there. Uh, Well, Washington's not that good. Same with James Wood, who's at 13. Uh, The Padres are littered up there as well. Like, the Padres just aren't a place to go acquire Dylan Cease. Uh, The Rangers don't seem willing to part with any of their top uh, bats in Evan Carter or Wyatt Langford. Um, Why would they be either? But uh, still, like, it doesn't seem like anyone besides the Orioles guys are really kind of, you know, loose i guess to pry through and even then it doesn't even seem like they're even able to be pried loose i mean i've brought this up multiple times if i'm the orioles i would want all those guys to be on my team and you look at uh you know they might be going through a little bit of a a, a transition yeah they got some guys who have been performing really well at the major league level last year helped them win all those games but maybe those guys aren't long for their roster i'm talking about santander mullins these guys that have been around for a while wouldn't they want to plug in guys who are going to be there for the next eight years um that that would seem to be you know, there's there's this idea maybe out, out among some folks that like, oh, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you trade those guys that you're not even using? You need Dylan Cease right now, right now. I, you know, I think those guys, I think the Orioles probably want to be a team that is competing for an AL East title for years to come. Those those prospects in the top thirty are the ones that are going to do that for them. Right. Um, and two, I mean, if I'm just going back to when the White Sox were in this position and, you know, they had Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert in the top 30. I don't know if I'd be willing to get rid of one of those guys for, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I don't know who Corbin Burns would have been in 2019. Hmm. I mean, Justin Verlander. Yeah, and they had a chance. Well, Cubs had a chance to get him. But, yeah, I think uh, they're in a different situation because of the division they're in and ha- having to strike while the iron's hot right now. And so they have a bunch of players that are not going anywhere that are blocked by the team. Like, Jory T's had well, to go off of this team. have to strike while the iron's hot? Because, like, you look at the Yankees, and, yes, they have Aaron Judge and they have Juan Soto, but there's no guarantee that they'll have Juan Soto next year, and yes. they're chained to that uh, Giancarlo Stanton ch- contract. But the they're- Yankees... Right, but the they're Yankees always, haven't been that great. They're going to go and get another guy. They're eventually going to get another guy. They'll use that Jason Dominguez uh, in that trade, or he'll come up and contribute for the team. But they can look no further than the White Sox and their short window that closed quickly. Hey, we're good this year. No promises that we're going to be good next year. Yeah, we have good young players, but we can have a, a sophomore slump from some of these players out here. Uh, our players could be thinking about other things. Injuries could happen to our p- players. There's a lot of things out there that can be detrimental to the Orioles winning the AL, Cent- oh, AL East and then also competing in the World Series. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll let you know about uh, ComEd and our friends Circus Sportsbook, um, but I do also want to get to Kevin's Super Chat. Uh, okay. Thank you, Kevin, for your $10 Super Chat. He says, this is the worst time to retool. Every team in the Central is desperately trying to take, except the Royals keep cease, spend the cash, take the Central, and never give it back. I mean... Sounds nice. Sounds really nice. I don't. I wouldn't hate. I sounds mean, it sounds pretty easy too. Sounds a lot better than zero percent chance to make the playoffs. And as as uh, we started this offseason, I remember lamenting trying to be like the Royals. Now this offseason's winding down. I'm like, let's try to be like the Royals. <laughs> Michael Waka, man, this long ass extension to Witt Junior, also Seth Lugo, Will Smith. 
they got a nice team that I would love for to be playing on the south side. But we're doing ComEd, right? Yeah. Okay. It is getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and the well-being of all of us who share it. Yeah. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy <laughs> needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. <laughs> Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business owners do? Go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yeah. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Oh, my reader just asked questions. Yeah, no, it has no job. information. I think you did a great <laughs> job, guys. Uh, I want to let you know about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. If you are looking to bet the big game, there is no better place to bet than with our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. Uh, right now, uh, they do have the best lines uh, available in Illinois to bet on the Niners money line. Uh, so if you are looking to take the Niners on Sunday, uh, you can go over to Circa Sportsbook at minus 124 donation. and lay that with the Niners to win. This is a donation? Donation. To take the... The higher nine. rated power team donation. Don't ever bet against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Ever. All right. Well, ever. This is just a read, uh, not gambling advice. Um, but uh, you could also go look if you are going to be betting against the Chiefs uh, or you want to go side with the Chiefs. Uh, right now they got uh, one and a half, uh, either plus one and a half for the Chiefs or minus one and a half uh, for the Niners. But the best part about Circa is they'll always have tight money line splits. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. And Circa does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. They encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available and to compare the lines from each sports book available so you are getting the best price possible. And most of the time, if not all the time, you'll find that the world's largest sportsbook, Circus Sportsbook, has the best line to bet on. And there are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots. All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circus Sportsbook at Circus Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois app. That's circusports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or somebody you know may have a problem with gambling call 100 gambler 1-800-426-2537 text gmb to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com also want to thank our new diehards uh today we had keith john john with an h george bliss and jay sign up so uh thank you very much and i think we also forgot to do uh monday where m fish rodney jamie carrie raul zach donald gordon rich and jeremy Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All so thank you, everyone, uh, for leveling up your fandom and becoming a diehard. You can check that out at allchgo.com, uh, and you can read all of our writers' certain uh, locked uh, uh, pieces. I know that Will Gottlieb just graded, I think, their 50 games 
through the season for the Bulls. So he gave us like midway through midseason report cards. Uh, so you can go check that out all chgo.com. Uh, all right. So let's go into the Royals here. Uh, they just signed an extension with Bobby Witt. 11 years, $288 million. Now the White Sox and the uh, Oakland A's are the only team to never go over the $100 million mark when it comes to extending a player, uh, signing a free agent, etc. Uh, Herb, yep. how does that make you feel? A little mad um, that the White Sox haven't done that as yet. It isn't from a lack of trying, you know, of course, the Manny Machado saga, the Wheeler saga, and other players, they have offered those deals. It's up to the other player to take the deal, but I would like, you know, to salute the Royals. Like, this is a genius move, absolute genius move. After two years of playing baseball, Bobby Witt Jr. is a superstar you could tell his projection is going through the roof 23 years old I think he's going to be 24 this year and so for the Royals to do this which I look at as I know it's 11 million or 11 year deal for 288 I look at it as a seven year deal for 148 because that's his first opt-out he gets seven eight nine and ten opt-outs theoretically if you're a good player and he'll be 30 at that end of that year you're going to opt out and you're going to either give uh, the Kansas City Royals a chance to re-sign you or some other of the 29 teams. He's a Royal, so he, maybe he'll be available for the White Sox at that time. But it's $21 million annual value for Bobby Witt Jr. to play either decent shortstop or third base, which I think he's eventually going to uh, downshift to because he's made a lot of errors last year as a shortstop. So I think that's eventually in his future but he hit like 30 home runs almost stole 50 bay eggs I think he's a 40 40 guy coming up and he's the leader I think that also when you're a Kansas City Royal fan you're like yes finally we've planted our flag on somebody this is our guy for the future him the past squash we're going to be going and Melendez we're going to be going to the future with these young core players that are taken care of he can just Planets flag in Kansas City for the next seven years and say, this is where I'm at. This is where my feet are going to be at. And now, free agents, if you want to come to Kansas City, we're going to be having a new stadium. And I think this also, this deal is also part of the new stadium. And I think as Luca is pointing out, you have a player like um, Bobby Witt Jr. and he's signed, it's easier to go to legislation and say, hey, man. We're signed with a superstar. Our team is coming up. Can you give us some tax breaks? Can you give us something on the stadium? And that's a little bit more easy to swallow. Taxpayers in the Kansas City area will be easier to swallow if you have a person now that is going to be there forever. And so it's a great move for them. And I hope the White Sox, who are trying to emulate the Royals, look at that and say, okay, next time we get a superstar that is not Scott Boris affiliated, We'll try to sign them to a long-term deal because this is very, I don't even know if this has been done, especially with the opt-outs in their deal for the player. It's an innovative deal that makes the player happy, and I'm glad he signed in it, but I wish our White Sox were a little bit better and uh, take, take some cues from this team and make sure that they don't fall too far behind from the Kansas City Royals because uh, I think their payrolls are similar right now, uh, but the Royals have, of course, more young talent coming up. Well, I mean, I don't think you should be 
too harsh on the White Sox for not doing that kind of thing. They did do that kind of thing, if you'll remember, a few years back with the deals for Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and Yoan Moncada, who obviously of the three had actually played Major League Baseball when he got those extension. And the idea at the time was... Holy mackerel, look at that. They've got a middle of a batting order for the next many years. Um, obviously, it didn't work out in that in their favor because those three players, or at least two of them specifically, yet to live up to that contract. Certainly, Luis Robert Jr. had an amazing year last year. Um, what you're focused on, obviously, is the number, and certainly that is alarming because it's not just that the White Sox are among the teams that haven't done a contract that size. They are almost the only team that haven't done a contract track that size, which speaks to their approach uh, at whether it's free agency or extension in the modern world of baseball and how that works right now. Not to say they won't do it again if they or they won't try it again if they have the opportunity, but right now they're not really in that position to be doing that kind of thing. Um, it's great for Kansas City and the fans down there in Kansas City who are, who are great baseball fans. Uh, gives them a reason to go to the ballpark for the next you know, more than half of a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really, you know, listen, they, they don't forget that they don't forget that they won the World Series, you know, less than, you know, what was that? Nine years ago Jesus. now. Uh, What's that? The, they, they remembered how they won that World Series, right? With homegrown talent that had been there for a while. The Gordons, the Moustakis, the, the, the Hosmers of the world and, 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 and more. And maybe they say, okay, that's the start of, this is the start of the next wave. This is the start of trying to get that done again. Obviously, it's a little tricky when you're the Kansas City Royals, when your market is that size, and when historically you haven't paid uh, free agents to come in and supplement those kind of guys as, as well. But uh, you know, it's it's nothing but good things for the folks down in Kansas City. As the White Sox compare, they're in a different position right now, and uh, you know, they are they are obviously doing things with their payroll that are going in the opposite direction from what we've seen this off season. I think that they deserve credit for trying to do that kind of thing years ago when they did with Robert and Moncada and Jimenez, but. When it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And, and I'm not wishing anything but the best for Bobby Witt Jr., who has been a phenomenal player to watch in just two years. But it's possible that that path goes a different way than is expected as well. So um, it's, it's a uh, tough thing for the White Sox, I guess, because it means that one of the better players in baseball is going to be in their division competing against them for the next few years. But... At the end of the day, they have the ability to make a similar kind of investment. They just need that player to come along. Is Colson Montgomery that kind of player? We'll see. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Colson. It's an interesting question. I think if anything, the guy that you extend is still on the roster, and it's Robert. Um, I don't know what he hasn't done to get that look or get that opportunity. He's Scott Boris. Well, usually that guy gets big contracts. So, I, I mean, I think he'll probably deliver. Um, I, I don't think the White Sox should be, you know, again, it, I think the reason why fans are so frustrated is because you look at the MLB, you look at the structure of contracts, there is no salary cap. The only reason why they haven't gone over that number is because of it's seemingly self-restrictions. Um And, you know, you obviously bring up the Machado thing, but it also felt like Jerry Reinsdorf didn't want to go to that $300 million mark. So the White Sox didn't go there, and they didn't get Manny Machado. Uh, I don't even know if they offered uh, Bryce Harper a deal. They had a meeting with him. Yeah, I don't think he did. Um, But I think the 
biggest frustration is, again, it's all self-imposed. We know that Jerry Reinsdorf obviously has the money, the net worth, etc. There's obviously been a ton of opportunities to do so, and he just has never capitalized. And that's what's most frustrating is not that there hasn't been talent to offer it to, or not that there hasn't been the money to have, not that there hasn't been a new stadium in Jerry Reinsdorf's, uh, you know, uh, jurisdiction. I mean, he's 1990. Just I mean, think about the equivalent show here in Kansas City, where they're going wild today mm-hmm. and yesterday. It's not a lot. It's not a huge commitment either. Like I said, it's only twenty-one million dollars annual average value for Bobby Wood Jr.'s first seven years. It's a drop in the bucket. Imagine if the White Sox would do something with like Luis Robert, and just give him a bunch of money until he's 36 years old, whatever. White Sox fans are like, yes, Jerry, that's what you got to do. That's the type of stuff. Like, I know that he's a Scott Boris client, and that doesn't usually end in an extension, but do it. Ask. You don't know until you ask. Here's the number we think that you are at, Luis Robert. We're going to eat up a couple of your free agent years. We're going to rip up those last couple of years of the, the options that we have. And here's your money. Stay with us. Build something with us. Yeah. And then everybody would be like, okay, the White Sox are serious about winning. And they have Luis Robert extended for now nine years instead of four years and not looking to trade him. That's the stuff that fans are looking at and saying, that's a commitment to us, that's a commitment to the player, and that's a commitment to winning. We're already thinking about when are they going to trade Luis Robert Jr.? We're going to spit the first segment, or when are they going to trade Dylan Cease? These are sad things for White Sox fans. But Herb, they, they gave that contract to Luis Robert Yeah, already. before They've he played, that. though. That, those are different things. Like, before you play a game, you just... That's he just they're just being eating up uh, our beers in the first in the uh, first couple years of free agency. I want you stay on our team forever. 11 year deal, not the deal they did because they didn't know what type of players they're going to be because they rolled the dice. They come up with sevens with Luis Robert and they came up with snake eyes on Aloy Jimenez so far. So, yes, those are innovative, good deals. But I want more like. Now you know that Luis Robert is an actual superstar. There's no reason not to go to him and say, this is the deal. This is what you're going to, we, we think you're going to make a free agency. We're buying out those years. We want you to be here at the White Sox. Let's set stakes, uh, had some stakes set in the ground for you here at the White Sox. Same thing with Dylan Cease. You don't have to lose him. Yes, more likely than not, he's going to go to free agency. But if you offer him something that he wasn't expecting... I think he will think about it twice and say, hey, Scott, this deal is more than fair. I'm in. I'm staying here with the White Sox. I didn't know if you had anything. Okay. Um, Yeah, I I mean, they end up buying out one of the pre-arb years and then three arbitration years. And then I'm assuming he would have been a free agent when he was 28. It was an eight-year contract. What was? No, no, I'm saying Bobby. Bobby Oh, Bobby Witt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, after after Arb years, do you become a free agent? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they bought out three years of Arb. Um, I get your point, but also I don't see the real reason to rip up a already signed extension. Um, maybe again, if you are turning it from four to nine, sure. Uh, I think the coolest thing is just exactly how you talked about the way that this is just laid out and all of the options for Wit. 
because it really does feel like he took a little bit of a hometown discount, but also they did him a solid. Yes. I mean, now for seven years, he's got a guaranteed $140 million. Yeah. He doesn't have to worry about that. And as you said, he's going to hit the free agent market when he's uh, the old age of 31. Uh, so I, I think that it's a... Or he doesn't have to, right? Yeah, or he could just, just say, keep I'm making in. $35 million. Yeah. I was like, I'm in for next yeah, year. Right. And, and just make that. Correct me if I'm wrong, you've been talking about this as an 11. Aren't there three options After on the that. end of it, yeah. too? Yeah. To like, make it 300 This can be like an almost $400 million contract, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's uh, seven for 140, and then he can opt out at 31. If not, he'll opt in and make $35 million. Uh, then the next year in 2032, when he's 32, he has another opt-out where he can choose to make 35 or hit free agency. In 2033, he'll be 33. Again, has that option to make 35 or hit free agency. And then has one final opt-out in 2034 when he's 34 to make $35 million or hit free agency. And then there's three club options to either pick him up for 33, 28, and 28, which is cool. And he gets a full no-trade cost, too. Oh, boom. There you go. So, like, he controls this whole scenario. It was a great move on the Royals' part. Excellent move for himself. Put some pocket, some money in his pocket. He didn't necessarily need it. He gave him some money. But it's a good deal for them, everybody involved, except for the White Sox. I also got to just push back. I know that he's a Royal, but uh, this is kind of like the whole T.A. thing. Like, T.A. was so quick. He was so rangy that he got to balls that maybe he, other people don't, and then they get counted as errors. Uh, Bobby Witt last year had a range that was in the 100th percentile, uh, 98th percentile. He had a 14 range outs above average. His sprint speed was 30.5. His arm strength, 75 percentile. Well, he's staying at shortstop. Relax on he's that. He's going to third base. No, he's not. He makes way too many errors. He's not, hey, maybe he'll go to third base when he's 31 and he make it $35 million, but no, he's staying at shortstop for at least the next five years. The reason why you go out and pay that guy is because he is a shortstop. And he has the versatility to move. If he keeps on making errors crazy. At, the, at the league lead, at the league high, then he'll be moved. You know the Royals got a middle infielder. That is a basic up. ass take from you. Hey, man. Just because you saw the the bold 14 or whatever on his baseball reference. You you think Bobby Witt's a bad fielder? I don't think he's a bad fielder. I just think he makes a lot of errors. Difference. Okay. Uh anyways, uh, I think that it would be obviously exciting for the, the town to have a Luis Robert similar extension. Um, I think that he would be the guy that makes the most sense. You brought up Colson. Do we think that they change their ways because of Colson Montgomery? Like what, what if, what have the White Sox learned from 2016 to 2023 in terms of team building? And do you think that, you know, Colson Montgomery is going to be getting offers for eight years extensions before he's called up to Major League Baseball, um, similar to the Colt Keith deal that we just saw with the, the Detroit Tigers. I think Colson Montgomery would have to have a fantastic year at AAA this year in order to get any contract before, uh, before he plays, right, to get the Robert contract, to get the Alloy contract, right? Um, but I think that they're right there in just describing that those have existed. You see the White Sox have a history and willing to do that kind of deal, right? Now, at what price? Sure. But um, I think that if Colson Montgomery delivers on being a top 10 prospect in 2024 and for whatever reason, well, and even if he does, I guess, really reach the major leagues, right? Even with a handful of games, you could see that kind of extension being made next offseason or next spring why not I don't, I don't i don't see why the white Sox wouldn't do something like that if 
he proves he deserves to be looked at as the cornerstone that we're currently talking about him as. Do you, do you think he gets an extension offer? I don't think so. I don't think the White Sox are going to do that again. As I just pointed out, they came up aces in another one, and the other one is kind of still out there, and they don't know if it's going to work out. And then the Makata one, when he's actually played, has turned out to be a bad contract for them. So I don't think they're going to be too uh, quick to do that, even though this regime didn't do those deals. I think they've learned their lesson. They're like, okay, we'll let them play a couple years and see what they're doing. And maybe after two years, Colson Montgomery get the same treatment as Bobby Witt Jr. Hopefully. That'll be awesome if he gets an 11-year deal for $288 million. If Vinny's voting for uh, Colson Montgomery for fourth and MVP. I sure hope so, for sure. Uh, did you vote him fourth? What was it, fifth? Witt? Yeah. Yeah, fourth sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty it was, damn good. Yeah, fourth or, fourth or fifth, yeah. I think he finished like seventh in this uh, year's the voting. So, yeah, it's well worth it. And I, yeah. I think... He finished that. The forty forty is not hard as hard to do at all for him. He just needs to be a little bit more refined in stealing bases. I think he led the league in getting caught stolen bases like fifteen, but he almost stole fifty. So I'll you know grain of salt. You'll take that you know getting caught fifteen times because he's. You're not gonna tell him to not steal as much because he's getting caught stealing. You know, uh, hey, don't I, don't go don't, and try to field those balls. You might make an error. No, I don't like him sliding head first. I don't like any player sliding head first. You know, you're putting your hands at uh, risk. Sliding head first, what? I, I don't like sliding head first. You put your hands at risk. You're talking about caught, getting caught stealing? No, no, any time. You just slide with your feet. It works better. Your hands are the most important thing to you as a baseball player. Okay. Um, are they not? I don't remember bringing up hands. <laughs> no, I just I'm, don't know where, where this we're came We're talking from. about <laughs> sliding. We're talking about... No, I was I was said caught stealing. I said, do you, are you going to tell him to not steal? He was yes. making fun of you for the errors comment. Yes, yes. Yeah. I understand yeah. that. But I said, no, I would not want him to slide head first if we're t- talking about not having him steal. Yeah, I don't. But I don't know what you meant by the stealing thing. I don't... Well, anyways, we're going to end the show. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. I love him very much. You can follow him at Hectorwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And he also loves making sure that you spell resigning, uh, resigning with a dash. They not literally mean the resigning. two different things. Um, that's Vinny Duber. You can read his latest piece at allchgo.com. There it is on the screen. Uh, you can check him out at Vinny Duber as well on Twitter. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button, and we'll be back here tomorrow at 4 p.m. Goodbye. We all silly like the mayor. 